You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We just spoke with Democratic nominee for governor Gretchen Whitmer. And a reminder that we are planned, we are scheduled to speak with the Republican nominee for governor, Bill Schuette, next Thursday. That's uh, October 25th. So we will get his side of the gubernatorial story then. Also, I want to tell you about a really exciting event before we get to the next segment. Glenn Washington, who's the host of Snap Judgment here on NPR, is coming to Detroit. He's going to be live at the Royal Oak Music Theater on Friday, October 26th. You can buy tickets to that event now at AXS.com. But Glenn will also join me here live in the studio that morning for a special hour-long conversation. Glenn and I have been friends since we were students together at the University of Michigan. We worked together on the college paper, have always talked about lots of different issues and things. Uh, This will be a great chance for us to catch up on our lives and our careers, but also to talk about the things that are in the news, the crazy things that are in the news, and the art of storytelling, which Glenn has really perfected on his show, Snap Judgment. So uh, you'll join us for a quick breakfast here in the studio, and you'll sit in on the live broadcast that morning. Uh, In order to join, all you have to do is make a one-time gift of $600 to WDET. And if you go to WDET.org slash give today, you can do that and join Glenn and I next Friday the 26th here in the studio. All right. In the late weeks of the political campaigns, we are beginning to see some strange stories and twists emerge in some key races, videotapes, untended property, accusations of employee abuse. Will this election cycle be noted for its scandals, or is this just politics as we know them in 2018? Joining me now to talk more about the political climate here in Michigan as we run up to the November elections is Jonathan Osting. He's a politics reporter with the Detroit News. Jonathan, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Stephen. Good morning. And with us also is Shana Roth. She is a politics reporter for the Michigan Public Radio Network. Shana, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Uh, You both, uh, let's start here. You both were just listening to the interview that we did with Gretchen Whitmer uh, uh, about her run for for governor. I want to get just your reactions to the things she said. Did she say anything that uh, surprised you, caught you off guard, something you hadn't heard before? Uh, or is she sort of locked in at this point to that that sort of central message that candidates try to make sure they have already before the election? Shana, I will start with you. Yeah, Jonathan was only able to hear like half of it. Uh, we didn't have him with his headphones on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but I, 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 you know, it really it seems like uh, Gretchen Whitmer has really just sort of finalized, perfected her message. So, you know, a lot of the questions were very much just, even if it didn't quite go in the direction that she wanted it to, you know, she did the politician thing. That, you answer know, where the question you, you want to answer. Right. Weave it back around, <laughs> talk about her record, talk about, you know, the good things that she's going to do for Michigan. And, you know, I think I didn't really hear any big surprises, which, you know, at this late of stage in the game, you know, you really, if you're the candidate, you really want to just be hammering out your message, you know, minute by minute, hour by hour as you uh, count down the time until election night. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, did you notice anything about uh, the way she answered questions or sort of how refined that message has become that uh, that stood out to you? 
Well, I'll say two things, Stephen. First of all, I, I'm glad you asked her about the rainy day fund. I actually hadn't heard her talk That's about true. that before. I thought mm. that was new, her saying basically, you know, she'd be open to using some of that funding for um, for clean water initiatives, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. et cetera. Uh, so that was a, a new development, at least for me. Um, also, you know, I thought it was interesting at the end there when you did ask about something we'll talk about, which is uh, Garland Gilchrist, her running mate's property in Detroit. Mm -hmm. She pivoted uh, back to Bill Schuette using state employees mm -hmm. to sign uh, real estate documents. Um, that's an attack that uh, her uh, that Schuette's uh, primary opponent, Brian Kelly, had leveraged against him. And I haven't really heard the Whitmer campaign, surprisingly, make too much hay about that. But mm -hmm. we're in the final weeks here. So I was sort of waiting for this issue to come back up. And sure enough, there it is. Yeah, she's got to fight back somehow, right, to the accusations that are being made against uh, Garland Gilchrist. Uh, that's a good place to start the conversation about scandal uh, or supposed scandal, I guess, in this in this campaign. Uh, we have uh, seen uh, these stories in the last week about uh, Garland Gilchrist owning a rundown apartment building in Detroit with overdue property taxes. It's something that he bought out of the land bank, which is supposed to stay on top of owners uh, when they buy things out of uh, out of the land bank in order to make sure that uh, that they do what they're supposed to do. Uh, I want to get both of your reactions uh, to this story and whether you think uh, this will end up being a big enough deal to, to move the needle in one direction or another in November. Uh, Jonathan, I'll start with you this time. I think in the grand scheme of things, it's a minor issue. I mean, generally, uh, the adage in Michigan politics is that running mates really don't matter until they do. Uh, <laughs> and in this case, uh, you know, Garland Gilchrist is certainly, uh, this, this property issue has become a distraction for the Whitmer campaign. Uh, as you mentioned, she's trying to uh, relentlessly stay on message right now. And this is something that did kind of come out of the blue. Um, the uh, Charlie LaDuff report in, in Deadline Detroit, mm -hmm. I think, was something like manna for from heaven for the shooty campaign sort of <laughs> fell into their lap and uh, they're hammering it really hard uh, you know a, a day after that report came out Bill Schuette is personally standing outside of the property filming a video uh, you know talking about how oh, there's kids playing around here and it's so dangerous um, so you know I think in the grand scheme of things, like I said, not a huge issue. This this election really isn't about the running mate. Uh, that said, um, he is a relatively untested guy in the political world, has never held elected office. So there were already some questions about cer certainly, you know, his political acumen and ability to run a, uh, a, a state if needed, if he's called to step in. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, also, you know, as, as uh, the shooty campaign is trying to hammer, raises questions about uh, what decision-making. How thoroughly did they vet this guy? How did they not know this stuff would have uh, come up? I mean, yeah, he paid his property tax bills, but uh, the same day the media asked him about it, it was late, and uh, 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 me and my colleagues at the Detroit News discovered he was not only late, but uh, actually delinquent uh, mm -hmm. the previous year, and uh, was uh, had to pay through the county because his case was sent there for collection. So it uh, seems to be a, a series of issues he's had at this property, not just uh, one thing, and he is uh, certainly trying to rectify it now, but he, he seemingly had a long time to do that yeah. uh, and didn't. Yeah. Uh, Shana, one of the things I think uh, you, you look at when something like this happens is how someone responds, right? How do you mm -hmm. answer uh, accusations 
such as this. Uh, I want you to, to, to give us an idea of how you think Garland Gilchrist and the Whitmer campaign have done that. And also talk about this uh, video that we saw yesterday of a television reporter trying to talk to him about it and while he's in a car uh, and the window rolls up uh, <laughs> so that she can't uh, keep talking to him. Is, are they deflecting this effectively? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that portion of the video has already been gifted um, and sent around to all of the uh, political we'll <laughs> in, insiders in and outsiders soon, in Lansing. Right? <laughs> I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure that we will. Um, you know, this this whole uh, issue with uh, Gilchrist, I do think it's probably one of those things that is, you know, great for the shooty campaign to use, you know, things like that in an ad um, th- that's going to, you know, be targeted to people who are probably already going to vote for him. Um, so, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably, you know, is not really going to move the needle, uh, mm-hmm. like Jonathan was saying. Uh, however, you know, that is a good question as far as, you know, how are they responding to it? You know, when Gretchen Whitmer was on the show, you know, she's, try- you know, she's really trying to, you know, ex- you know get them message out there that they are working, you know, they've taken care of this, um, you know, this, they're trying to, you know, set the issue aside and then also, you know, do the right, you know, do the politician thing, which is, you know, pivot to be like, hey, don't, let's not forget about, you know, what uh, my opponent has done uh, in the past that, you know, is uh, that people could find to be questionable. So, but that, at the same time, you know, it's, it's maybe never a good look, at least from a reporter perspective to, uh, to see someone, you know, trying to dodge questions. Um, I think that's usually pretty bad optics for people who are watching at home when you see somebody on camera and whether or not, um, you know, we don't exactly know, you know, if there was any opening for this reporter, if they had been, you know, like what the whole bigger picture around the reporter being at that event and following them has to do. What we do know is what we see, which doesn't look great when a reporter is trying to ask you questions and, you know, he's on his phone and then they're in the car and then they're slowly rolling up the window. I mean, though, I mean, although I'm sure that the Whitmer campaign would say that there's, you know, there were, there were things going on, there were things they had to do, they were going to be late, they didn't agree to any sort of interview. At the same time, we only know what we see on the tape, which is, you know, that they're, that, you know, they're, they're refusing to answer. And then, of course, the campaign did release a video later on that was very controlled. So, you know, I mean, I think every campaign is different in how they try to handle these sorts of things. But, you know, the optics are never great when you're not refusing, when you're refusing to answer questions on video. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Before we take a break, I want to talk a little about John James, uh, the senatorial candidate on the Republican side running against incumbent Debbie Stabenow. Uh, television commercial shows stock footage of a high school with a swastika sign hanging from a billboard. And some people are saying that uh, this was maybe done, uh, this was maybe done uh, in, uh, surreptitiously to embarrass him or, or to send a signal to someone. Shana, you were just uh, referencing this. Uh, uh, let's, let, let's talk a little more about this issue, the John James commercial. Sure. Uh, yeah. What, I'm sorry, which, what? Uh, the John James uh, swastika commercial. Yeah, I mean, as far as how how it's been re- he as far as how it's been you know perceived by people, um, 
you know, I think this is another one of those issues where three weeks out from the campaign, it's probably not going to make a huge dent in uh, numbers. People are still, you know, at this point, pretty set in what they're going to be doing uh, come election day. However, you know, it, it is another one of those things where, you know, kind of similar to the Gilcrest issue, which is, how do you not catch these things? Right. How do you not know these things ahead of time? I mean, I, I've never been worked on a campaign, but I would imagine if you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on a commercial that you would have people that are, you know, very carefully eyeing that video before it gets sent out there. Um, so I don't know what happened or what went wrong or whose eyes missed what um, for this sort of thing. And what, but he has, you know, since then said, you know, I'm, responsible for this um, and, and, you know, gave some sort of an apology. Um, but whether or not it actually makes a big difference one way or the other, I, yeah. I can't say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Hill uh, National Publication uh, in in Washington and some other media are writing about this. And meanwhile, Donald, Donald Trump is doubling down in his support for John James here in Michigan on his Twitter account, uh, Jonathan, talk, talk about uh, whether Trump's endorsement matters here or whether something like this could end up derailing uh, James's campaign. Well, I don't think Trump's endorsement is going to der derail James's campaign. It's been known for a long time, and I don't think this video will derail it either. But it certainly derails some uh, momentum, or at least the projection of momentum that both the president and John James are trying to uh, show publicly right now. There was a new poll uh, commissioned by the Michigan Chamber, so it's not something you know my publication would have written on because it was a paid poll for a mm -hmm. special interest group. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, it showed a, a nine-point margin between John James and uh, U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, which is closer than any other poll has shown to date. Uh, so, and of course, they had uh, two debates uh, recently. So, uh, James is trying to uh, project this air of momentum that he's closing the gap. And this video is just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a mistake by the campaign, and it's an error that uh, costs them a, a chance to sort of uh, be riding high on that momentum message. Of course, the president tried to swing it back around. Um, I'm not sure the president uh, is going to do much for John James right now because, you know, the president appeals to uh, the uh, the Repu his base, which is uh, generally a Republican base, uh, and not much, not much more than that right now. The polls don't show he's really popular beyond that. So. Yeah. Uh, the president coming in, I don't think, is going to provide a, a huge boost to John James or Bill Schuette, for that matter, mm -hmm. who is also endorsed. Uh, it remains to be seen whether Trump will, will come here. There's only a couple weeks, uh, three weeks left, roughly. Sure. Um, and uh, Bill Schuette has said he wouldn't see why not the president wouldn't come. Uh, but it hasn't happened, and we haven't heard uh, any rumblings that it's imminent. Well, and at the same time, you know, we really haven't seen Schuette talking about Trump as much as he did during the primary. During the I mean, primary, he went through sure. a whole debate without talking about Trump at all. So <laughs> The administration. Yes, the administration right. is there right. in our cult. <laughs> a euphemism now instead of a specific reference. Okay, we're going to take another break here. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Jonathan and Shana. And we want to hear from you. Have you been paying attention to these campaigns? Are you shocked or surprised by any of the stories that you've seen? 31357. Is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.
You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guests are Jonathan Osting, a politics reporter for the Detroit News. Also, Shana Roth, a politics reporter with Michigan Public Radio Network. We are talking about the late-breaking scandal stories in this year's political campaigns. Uh, are you paying attention to these stories? Do you think they're going to make a difference in November? Give us a call. Tell us what you think. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, okay, guys, I want to talk a, a little about uh, Bill Schuette and a, in, a video from an interview in the 1980s shows then-Congressman Bill Schuette speaking very creepy uh, words and phrases to a woman who is off-camera. Uh, this video also surfaced last week. We did hear it come up uh, at the debate, the gubernatorial debate, last week uh, that uh, Rick Albin hosted in, in Grand Rapids. Uh, what do we think of the potential impact of this? Uh, Jonathan, I'll start with you this time. Well, I don't know how much legs this story has. We haven't seen a ton of reporting on it since the, the first day it broke. I've certainly been trying to find out more information about the video, and I met, imagine other reporters have as well. Um, but, you know, in a year where people are expecting uh, women to come out and vote in large numbers, um, this is not a good video, not a good look for Bill Schuette. Um, of course, he's, you know, trying to, uh, he's running against the female candidate. Um, he's, uh, you know, selecting a female running mate. He's trying to, he's of course uh, endorsed by a president who says unkind things about women fairly regularly. Mm -hmm. um, so Shooty had been trying to distance himself from that and this, uh, you know, brings it back around to, you know, suggest that even if it's not uh, the most offensive thing, it's not maybe Trump level offensive, but, um, you know, he, he was, um, you know, using sexual innuendo in, in, in a conversation with a uh, female camera woman um, who, you know, didn't ask for that sort of uh, uh, comment from him and, and got it. He Just so everybody is aware, what he actually said is the camera woman asked him to move near a lamp, and he said something to the effect of, I'll do anything you, do want. you want. Some things I may not let you run the camera on. Yeah. And there was uh, some other uh, joke about artists or something like that. But yeah. uh, I think that was the the, the, the creepy line. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Shana, there is uh, speculation swirling around about where this video came from. It's kind of unclear. Uh, but how much can his opponents make of, uh, of all of this? Probably not too much. I mean, like Jonathan said, I mean, it doesn't really have legs. So, I mean, unless they can find a way to keep this into the public and, you know, keep reporters writing about it. I mean, if they, you know, find, figure out more stories that can be done and pitch them to news outlets and those actually get, you know, published, that would be a way to sort of keep it into the in the news. But other than that, I mean, this is something that was out there. I'm sure they could use it to uh, have a pretty good ad if they wanted to. Um, but I, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, it's not that Trump level, uh, of a, of a thing to say, yeah. you know? And, and so, I mean, it's really for those diehard Trump fans, this is not going to, you know, sway them at all. Uh, for the Democrats, they were already not going to vote for shooty where it could make a difference is that all important group of suburban women that we're hearing so much about. And, you know, 
if this stays on their radar, if this is something when they go to the voting booth and they think about, you know, is that going to sway them to vote Democrat if they were already uh, going to vote Republican? So, I mean, it, it could have some impact on those purple voters. Uh, but whether, but what exactly, you know, Democrats should do with this or can expect out of this, uh, unless there's, you know, advance ways to advance this story, uh, probably not much, but they can, you know, that video is out there and they can use that for an ad. I think yeah. it's certainly fascinating. There's some palace mm-hmm. intrigue here. I mean, yeah. uh, <laughs> the way this actually came out was Bill Schuette's campaign was the first one to actually uh, make this video public. So, they so sent out right. a link to reporters on Wednesday night to a Michigan conservative news website, which claimed to have the video uh, up there on July. I will say, just based on some additional reporting I've done, there's no way that video was on that website in July. That web page was updated uh, in early October. Uh, the shooting campaign basically was trying to get ahead of this. Mm-hmm. They Maybe they didn't know how Democrats were going to use it, but were fearful that, A, it could end up in a TV commercial or something like that. Uh, I know this video was floating around for a few weeks at least before the shooty campaign um, put it out there and uh, not myself but mm-hmm. I've heard uh, some other reporters had, had seen this little clip. Um, but the uh, the fact is that this clip had been shared with Republicans too. So it'd been it'd been around not only in Democrats but Republican circles as well. And uh, the shooty campaign, for some reason, uh, pulled the trigger last Wednesday to get it out there. I assumed we'd see a big national news story on Thursday morning, and that's why they were trying to get ahead of it. Uh, but we never did. Um, but it certainly got some attention here in Michigan. Yeah. Again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Let's go to Terry in Detroit. Terry. Welcome Good morning, Stephen hey. and guests. Um, I just want to say the Gilcrest story seems to be making a mountain out of a molehill. And in fairness, I think the land bank needs to answer for why they do or don't enforce things more timely. My guess is that given the property problems we have in Detroit, an individual that has a violation is probably a little bit down on the list compared to, like, the people that own tens and tens and hundreds of properties that have violations. So I just feel like that one's a mountain out of a molehill. And I just want to say, Stephen, it strikes me as really odd that the the candidate for senator uh, won't say he's a Republican, and this week at his debate said he shouldn't be judged by the R next to his name. Hmm. I'm just trying to figure out why we aren't talking about that. He's running commercials in the Detroit media market and won't even say he's a Republican. Hmm. Yeah, Terry, that's uh, that's a really interesting point, uh, Jonathan and Shana. Is John James trying to distance himself from the Republican brand uh, in places like Detroit where that's not terribly popular? Well, that's that same ad that we were talking about yeah. earlier, and yeah. uh, it's running uh, not just in Detroit but across the state. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's trying <laughs> he's trying to introduce himself as a person. In fact, the, the funny thing about that is it also doesn't mention he's running for U.S. Senate unless right. you read the very fine print. <laughs> um, you know, this is this is what campaigns do often to introduce a candidate for the very first time. It's a get-to-know-you sort of ad. It's building name ID uh, before they pivot into a new ad that says more specifics about uh, what they're actually running for or what they want to do. So, I mean, I don't think it's... Um, 
you know, there's anything underhanded about that. It's it's campaign strategy. I mean, yeah. uh, certainly, um, you know, he's running against a Democrat, but a Democrat in Debbie Stabenow who has uh, found some bipartisan support in the past, specifically sure. uh, with agricultural community. She's worked on a bunch of agricultural budget bills um, on, on that committee in the Senate. So, um, you know, yeah, he has to he has to certainly try and go towards the middle now after a, a primary that saw both both candidates uh, trying to uh, hew as closely to Trump as possible. Yeah, uh, Shana, we've got about uh, 30 seconds left, but but it seems to me that in some ways John James is is trying to introduce himself for the future uh, mm-hmm. in this state as, as much as he's trying to win this particular race, which doesn't necessarily seem like it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think if most Republicans kind of see the writing on the wall every however many years when it comes to these U.S. Senate races, particularly yeah. against Debbie Stabenow, who's been doing this for so long. However, I mean, you know, Trump has really gotten behind him. He's on Fox News all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think what we're really seeing is, you know, he's going to keep fighting. You know, he's going to say that he can win and that, you know, this that he's, you know, in it to win it. But I think what we're also seeing uh, sort of off to the side is, you know, somebody who is trying to establish himself as a, you know, Republican candidate for other offices in the future and maybe something of, you know, a, a Republican darling. So he's just going to, you know, kind of try and ride that momentum. Or a Fox News gig. <laughs> right? <laughs> Either one. All right. Jonathan Osting, politics reporter for the Detroit News. Shana Roth, politics reporter at Michigan Public Radio Network. Thanks for being here. That's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We will see you tomorrow.